God wants, not with what I want. It doesn't say happy is the man who has everything his heart desires. It says happy are the poor in spirit, those that are destitute and dependent. And when you think about that idea, the poor in spirit, when we talk about poor, it's, it's where we are dependent on something else. And in our lives, are we dependent on God? Those who mourn, you know, in, in the last several weeks, we have buried several, those that have lost loved ones. And the idea of mourn that Jesus is talking about is one that you feel when you have lost a loved one. Those who mourn will be comforted. Blessed are the gentle. Also translated, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. An idea of mild or soft. And it's not that we are physically that way, but that we are spiritually that way. That we are meek, we are mild, we are looking not to, shall we say, seek our own, but seek God. Those are words when mild and soft are not words we like to be called and told that we are. In our culture and our society, those aren't the guys that you see at the top of the Fortune 500. They're the ones that are walking on people. But Jesus said, no, gentle, mild, or soft. Blessed are you. Happy are you. Now, I suppose that was an unfair characterization. I'm sure there's some fine godly men at the top of those companies as well. Blessed are, the, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. And we think about hunger and, hunger and thirst. Those are the basic human desires. Those things that we need to get filled. You know, we can survive a while, maybe without clothing, but if you don't have food and you don't have water, you're not going to survive. Those are the basic human desires desires and Jesus ties that to something that is blessed and you're there hungering they're thirsting for righteousness that they shall be satisfied so in our lives what are we searching for what are we after what are we seeking blessed are the merciful for they shall receive mercy blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Jesus continually turns things upside down from what we expect to what we did not expect the merciful the pure in heart that idea that the center of one's inner being is that heart and that is clean is pure a peacemaker blessed are you when you're a peacemaker when you're not meddling and you're not a busybody and then it turns to an idea of persecuted for the sake of righteousness we don't like the idea of persecution. It's not something that we usually go seek, I would say. But I ask the question, are you persecuted? Do those others, do others insult you? 
do they accuse you falsely? Because God's word tells us that if we're not, we may be walking in the wrong direction. We may be walking with the world. Persecution is not something that we like. Happy, usually expressed by fulfillment of our own desires. To be happy. I know you've heard people say, well, God wants me to be happy. And normally when that is spoken, in the context of which it's spoken, it's when we're searching and we're seeking for our own desires. Normally, when I hear that statement, it's when they are telling me that God wants them to do something contrary to his word. And that's not true. We know that's not true. But we can be blessed. We can be happy when we seek to do what God wants us to do. What Jesus is talking about on the Sermon on the Mount he goes on and he talks about salt. He talks about the light of the world. He gets over to verse 17. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. The idea of do not think. He starts in that. The same thing we see in Romans and the same thing in 1 Thessalonians. We do not want you to be unaware, my brothers. Jesus is saying... Don't think, do not think that I came to abolish this. And so I would ask you when, when the whole, what I see in the Sermon on the Mount is a whole turning of what we normally think and to what God wants us to think. Because everything gets drilled down to a matter of the heart. He talks about murder. Where does that start? Well, it starts with our own desires. Where does adultery start? Is it a physical act? Does it start in the heart? He continues to do that. Well, he's trying to tell this group that he's talking to that he has come not to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. And Christ fulfilled it. And when you think about the fulfillment of that law, the fulfillment was the ending of it. We know that the Old Testament was nailed to the cross. In other words, he didn't come to abolish it, but to complete it, to set it to an end, to make it no longer of effect. That now there was a new covenant. There was a new covenant written in his blood. As we have studied Hosea, and we've studied many, many things recently, that leads me to understand that when God has charges against his people, they normally fall into the two greatest command categories. That we forget to love him with all our heart, strength, soul, and mind. And we forget to love our neighbors as ourselves. And that's, that's what I think the Sermon on the Mount is really boiling down to, is loving God, setting our own desires aside, and loving each other. That love that knows no bounds. Verse 20. He says, For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. So Jesus looks at the most religious people of the time or the ones who said they were the most religious felt they were the most religious those religious leaders they were telling everybody else that they were poor and they were sick because they were unrighteous it says unless your righteousness exceeds theirs 
And I think it's a good reminder for us to help us understand that our worship of God has to get past the mechanical. It has to get past just what we are doing. The nuts and bolts of coming in and sitting down and getting up and singing. It's got to matter. It's got to get to our whole whole soul. It's got to get to our inner being, being so that it gets more than just our outward actions but that our inward heart is driving those things. Galatians 6, 7 through 10. Do not be deceived, God is not mocked, for what a man sows that he also will reap. And you can see that written throughout that Sermon on the Mount. In our own lives, we understand that we will, we will reap what we sow. But sometimes I think as we walk through our lives, we forget it. For he who sows to his flesh will reap corruption, but he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And Jesus is continually throughout this Sermon on the Mount trying to help us understand that. Let us not grow weary while we're doing good, for the due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. This idea and concept there that we can get weary. I know I talked to Chuck and Marcy this evening and Chuck uh, sends his uh, welcome and sends his thanks for all the support that we have given him and they're doing well. But that's the one thing Chuck was talking about is how tired he was. They've been working and they've been overseas and they come back and the time difference. But trying not to grow weary as he was talking about the things to do to get back up and get to work. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, and especially to those of the household of faith. That idea of doing good to all, but also and especially to those of the household of faith. And sometimes I think we lose focus there as well. We want to do good. We want to help all. But we definitely want to help ourselves, those of the body, those in the church, looking to love one another. So as we've wrapped up a year on the Beatitudes, I hope that you've grown closer to what God is asking us to do. Looking in ourselves, looking into our own being, and challenging ourselves to become more spiritual, more Christ-like. And so that's my challenge. And that's What I want to throw out for this coming year is that we will continue that walk. We will continue to spread God's love, his grace, and his mercy and help people understand that. And to encourage others to come be part of the body. So with that, I guess that's the end of my message. So as Dustin will come back up and sing, as if you... uh, have not taken of the Lord's Supper, it's going to be provided for you over there in A2. And uh, thank you for, for your attention. Seven, 790. Lord, take control. My heart, my mind, my body, my soul, I give to you, take control.